This is a sicha from Lakut Sichas, Chelik Tezayin, Parshas Yisrei, Sicha Dalit. And the topic of the sicha is that in this week's parsha, we learn two psukim that speak of where Hashem was by Matan Teirah. And we learn a teaching of Rashi on each of these psukim. And there are five parts in the sicha. The Rebbe will, number one, explain how we must understand the first of these two Rashis. Number two, ask nine or four questions, because it's four questions, but there are a number of points in each of the questions. So ask nine questions on the two teachings of Rashi. Number three, present the key to answering all these nine questions. Number four, based on this, answer all nine questions. And number five, present the Inyanim Neflaim, which are in Remez Vesaid, in the deeper parts of Terah, in these two teachings of Rashi. On the Pasuk, which appears before the Aser Sedibris, where it says, Vayered Hashem al Har Sinai, that Hashem descended upon Har Sinai. So Rashi quotes the words, Vayered Hashem al Har Sinai, and he explains, Yochol Yared Olav Mamish, you would think that he actually descended onto Har Sinai. Talmud Lemer, the Pasuk tells us later, after the Aser Sedibris, Hashem says, Kimen Hashemayim dibarti imochem, I spoke to you from the Shemayim. And then Rashi continues and says, Malamed, this teaches us, as we'll see later in the Sikha, the rest of this Rashi. Now, simply we learn that Rashi over here is coming to answer the contradiction between the two Psukim. That here it says, Vayered Hashem al Harsinai, that Hashem descended upon Harsinai, which simply means that Yared all of Mamish, he descended upon the mountain. And later it says, Hashem says, I spoke to you from the heavens. So, on a simple level, that's how we learn the Rashi, that he's coming to answer the contradiction between these two Psukim. However, the truth is, we can't learn that that's what Rashi is coming to do over here. And for two reasons. Number one, if that's true, then why does Rashi begin with the words, Yochol Yared Olav Mamish? You would think that he actually descended upon it. He should have right away begun with the question. Rashi should have said. It says over here, Vayered Hashem al Sinai, V'kosav Echad Oimer, and another Pasuk says, Kimin Hashemayim Dibarti Mochem, that Hashem tells the Yidin, I spoke to you from the heavens. Why does Rashi begin and say, you would think... He actually descended on the mountain. What's that start and beginning of Rashi? And number two, the main question is that the contradiction between the Psukim only arises by the later Pasuk of Kamina Shamayim. So why does Rashi address the contradiction in our Pasuk? So it can't be that that's what Rashi is doing. He's not coming to address the contradiction because if he was coming to address the contradiction, number one, he would start right with the contradiction. And number two, that's not something you do over here because there's no contradiction when we learn this Pasuk. It only arises when we learn the later Pasuk which appears after the Aser Sedibris. And this question is especially strong since Rashi indeed does address the contradiction in the later Pasuk. So what's he doing over here? Clearly over here he's not addressing the contradiction. Therefore, as a result of these two questions, we must say that this Rashi isn't coming to answer the contradiction between the two Pesukim. Rather, what's Rashi doing here? It's that in this Pesuk itself, before we know of the later Pesuk of Kemina Shamayim, there's actually a doubt whether Yared Olav Mamish or not. And as we'll see in the Sicha, that's how the Rebbe understands the words Yachol Yared Olav Mamish, that there's a doubt whether Hashem actually descended on Har Sinai. So when we learn our Pesuk itself, we'll see why there's a doubt. We have to say that there's actually a doubt. And that's why Rashi starts right away and says, there's a doubt whether Hashem descended on Har Sinai. We don't, we're not sure when we read this Pesach whether he actually did or didn't descend on Har Sinai. And being that from here, we cannot resolve this doubt. So therefore, Rashi presents a proof from a later Pesach by saying, Talmud Leimer, look, we have an answer to our question, because it says, As Rashi continues, we'll see later in the Sicha, how he resolves the question. So the point over here we're saying is that because of these two questions, we clearly see that Rashi is not coming to answer the contradiction. Rather, when we read this Pasuk itself, we actually have a doubt. 
did Hashem actually descend on Har Sinai or not? So Rashi says, we have a doubt over here. Yachol Yaradol of Mamish. We have a doubt whether Hashem did or didn't descend. So what's the answer? So because we have this question here, Sarashi so says, I'm going to give an answer from a later Pasuk. Now that we have a proper understanding of Rashi, that Rashi is telling us that when learning this Pasuk itself, it creates a doubt for us whether Yared Olav Mamish, so now we have to understand what in this Pasuk creates the doubt whether Yared Olav Mamish. It would seem that when we read our Pasuk, there's no doubt. It says, But we prove that Rashi is not coming to answer a contradiction. Rather, Rashi is telling us that when learning this Pasuk itself, there arises a doubt whether Yared Olav Mamish. So the question is, what brings up that doubt for us, whether Yared Olav Mamish or not? So the explanation of this is, in an earlier Pasuk it says, oshan kulay, that the entire Har Sinai was smoking, because Hashem descended upon it in a fire. Now it says that the mountain was all in smoke, but not that it burned. Now seemingly, if the fire was Yared Olav Mamish, so then the mountain shouldn't have burned, especially the vegetation which was there. As it says clearly, when Meshur Rabinu visited Har Sinai, when he saw the Sneh, that on Har Sinai there was a Sneh. And simply this wasn't the only Sneh or vegetation on Har Sinai. Now we can say that it was a miracle that it didn't burn, that Hashem indeed descended onto the mountain in a fire, and it didn't burn because of a miracle. However, why make a special miracle, especially since a Sneh already did burn by Har Sinai? Therefore, it makes more sense to explain that it was a natural occurrence. And we're going to say as follows, that since the Eish Hashem did not Yared all of Mamish, it didn't actually descend onto the mountain, but rather it remained above Har Sinai. So therefore, Har Sinai didn't burn, but rather it was just Oshan Kuloi, since the Eish Hashem was close to it. As we see, that's what happens when a fire is near something, that it makes it smoke. And therefore Rashi begins immediately by saying, Yachol Yared Olav Mamish. There's a doubt over here whether Hashem actually descended on the mountain. Because it says Ashen Kulay. Since from the Pesukim here there's room for doubt whether Yared Olav Mamish. Since it says Ashen Kulay and not that it burned. So that's the understanding for why Rashi begins right away and tells us that's the uncertainty over here. It's uncertain when we read this Pesuk, Vayered Hashem Har Sinai. There's a doubt whether it's actually Vayered. Maybe it's not Vayered. Maybe it's just that he came very close to the mountain, but he actually didn't fully descend onto the mountain. Now that we have the proper understanding of Rashi, this leads us into the first of our nine questions, which is, why is it only a doubt whether Yared Olav Mamash, that therefore Rashi needs a proof from the later Pasuk of Kimina Shemaim Dibarti Mochem, that Lo Yared Olav Mamash, why is it only a doubt that we need a proof from the later Pasuk if we already know it from the earlier Pasuk of Ahar Sinai Oshan Kuloi that clearly Hashem did not actually descend on the mountain because it only smoked and it didn't burn? Now we're going to move on to present the rest of the Rashi and ask some questions on that. So after bringing the Pasuk of Kimena Shemaim Dibarti Imachim, so Rashi explains, Malamed teaches us, Shihirkin Shemaim Hol Yenim Vitachtainim, Hashem bent down the upper and lower heavens, Vihitsian Al Gabeahur, and he spread them upon the mountain, Kimatsa Alamito, like a bedsheet on a bed, Viyorat Kiseakovad Aleim, and the Kiseakove descended upon them. So we see it's not Yorat Olav Mamash. Hashem didn't actually come onto the mountain, but rather he brought down the upper and lower heavens. He spread them on the mountain like a bedsheet on a bed. And then the Kiseakove descended onto these heavens that were literally like touching the mountain. And the Rebbe points out, and this is going to lead into four questions, that the source of this Rashi is in Mechilta. However, as we spoke many times, Rashi only quotes the teachings of Chazal that fit with Pshat and that are relevant to Pshut HaShemikra. 
And this is especially true over here, where Rashi doesn't mention the source for his teaching. So this proves that this teaching and all of its details are taken not from the Mechilta, but rather from Pshutei Shal Mikra. As we said, this leads into four questions. And we put all four questions in one, because they're really four diyukim in this part of Rashi. And the questions are, in order to explain both things, that on one hand, Vayir Hashem al-Har Sinai, and on the other hand, So in order to explain how both things can be true, it's seemingly enough to say, that Hashem bent the heavens onto the mountain, and He descended upon them. What does Rashi take in Pshuta Shemikra that number one, it's not Hirkin Shemayim, but it's Hirkin Shemayim Ha'elyenim Vitachtainim, the upper heavens and the lower heavens. Number two, not only Hirkin that he bent them down, but also Vihitzion that he spread them. And number three, in that itself, in what way did he spread them? Kematsa alamita, like a bed sheet on a bed. And number four, what does Rashi take it from that it's not Vayyarad Aleim, but it's Vayyarad Kisei Hakavad Aleim. Now we're going to move on to see the Rashi on the Pasuk of Kumina Shemaim Dibarti Yimachim, which as we said appears after the Asaras Adivers. And we're going to ask four questions on it. First we're going to ask one question, and then we're going to point out three details within this Rashi. So in addition to the questions on Rashi here, we also have to understand how Rashi here fits with his explanation on the second Pasuk of Kimina Shemaim Dibarti Yimachim, where over there Rashi explains the cause of Echad Oimer, this Pasuk over here, Kimina Shemaim Dibarti Yimachim says, I spoke to you from the Shemayim. The cause of Echad Oimer, another Pasuk says, which is our Pasuk, that Hashem descended onto Har Sinai. The third Pasuk comes and it resolves this contradiction. It says later on in Chumash Devarim, Hashem let you hear His voice from the Shemayim, in order to discipline, in order to rebuke you. And on the earth he showed you his great fire. So what do we see from here? Hashem's covid is in the Shemayim. His fire and his might are on the earth. Another explanation. And this is the one that fits with our Rashi here. Hashem bent down the Shemayim and the Shmea Shemayim. And he spread them onto the mountain. And so too it says, both in Shmuel Beis as well as in Tehillim, Hashem bent down the heavens and he descended. Now this is a wonder, it's perplexing. In our Pasuk, Rashi only gives the parish of Hirkin. And in that Pasuk of Kimen HaShemayim Dibarti Mochem, Rashi number one says another parish. And number two, he actually brings the only parish here, the one that we have on Vayir Dashem Al Har Sinai, he brings it as the second parish, which means that it's not the main one in Pshutashal Mikra. So number one, he's bringing two Purushim, whereas by us, Rashi only brings one. And number two, the one that he brings over here, the only one that he brings here, when he brings it over there, besides bringing it together with another Purush, he brings it as the second Purush, which means that it's not the main one in Peshul Mikra. So that's a great wonder. Now we're going to move on to a lead-up into three questions on the Rashi on the second Pasuk of Kimin and Dibarti Yimachim. And all three questions are put into one because there are questions on three of the details in the Rashi. So we also have to understand, it makes sense that in the second Purush, 
on Kimina Shamai Mishmiachas Kaili that Rashi skips some of the details. For example, Rashi doesn't say that Hashem spread it Kematsa Alamito, like a bed sheet on a bed. And he doesn't say So that makes sense to us. We could explain it. It's because he relies on his first purse, which we just learned right before the Asarasa Divris. However, we have to understand the changes in the second Rashi and the additions. Number one, here in our Rashi, on Vayerat Hashem Al Har Sinai, Rashi says that Hashem brought down, he bent down the Shemaim Ha'olyanim Vitachtainim, the upper and lower Shemaim. And here Rashi says that he bent down the Shemaim Ushmei HaShemaim. Why does Rashi make this change? Number two, there, in the second Rashi, he adds a proof from Vayet Shemaim Vayerad, which Targum Unkelis says on the Pasuk Vayet Shemaim Vayerad, both in Shmuel and in Tehillim, he says that Vayet means Hirkin. So Rashi adds the proof. So the question is, if there's a need for a proof, then Rashi should have brought it in the first Rashi here on the Pasuk Vayerad HaShem Al Harsinai. And number three, if Rashi is not bringing down all the details like Kematz Alamito and Vyarat Kisya Kavadalayim, so why does he add Vitsian Alahar? He should have just said, Hirkin Shamayim Ushmea Shamayim, and that's it. And this is especially difficult since when we look at the Pasuk that Rashi brings as a proof of Vayet Shamayim Vayerad, like we said, Targum Unklus translates it to mean Hirkin. He doesn't say the word of being Matsya. So Rashi should have just said, and not added So the explanation in all of this is, and over here we're going to present the main point of the answer, as well as answer questions number one and number three. So the explanation in all of this is as follows. The differences between the two Purushim of Rashi result from the general difference between the Psukim here and the Psukim later in the Parsha of Atam Risim Kimena Shemaim, Dibarti Machim. So because the two groups of Psukim are communicating something different, as a result, we have two different Purushim of Rashi. What are each of them communicating? So the Psukim here, by the Pasuk of Ayir, the Shemal Har Sinai, they express how Hashem descended on Har Sinai in a manner that was revealed to everyone, and to the extent that the mountain itself became Kaddish, it received the Kedusha. As it says, if we look at the Psukim before the Asaras of that are near the Pasuk of Ayir, the Shemal Har Sinai, it says, Be careful about going up and ascending the mountain, because the mountain's holy. No hand should touch the mountain. The people cannot go up. They cannot ascend the mountain. Make a boundary around the mountain. And make it Kaddish, make it holy. So all of these psukim are emphasizing how Hashem descended on Har Sinai. He came down to Har Sinai. And it was revealed to everyone. And it was to the extent that the mountain itself receives a Kedusha. And according to this, we can now answer our first question. This is why Rashi needs a proof from the Pasuk of Kimina Shemayim in order to show us that Hashem didn't actually fully descend on the mountain, but rather he bent the Shemaim and Tachtainim and he placed them on the mountain, he spread them on the mountain like a bed sheet on a bed, and then he came down on that. But it's not Yaradol of Mamish, but Rashi needs a proof for it, even though it says Vahar Sinai Oshin Kulei, which, which seemed to already teach this to us, that the mountain only smoked, it didn't burn, that means Hashem didn't actually come on the mountain. No, that's not enough. Because when the whole parsha comes out, that Yaradol of Mamish, it's telling us how Hashem did come to the mountain, and the mountain actually became Kaddish. So when you have the Pasuk Har Sinai Oshin Kulei, it's not enough to tell us that Lo Yaradol of Mamish. And this is the reason why the Pasuk of Harsinai Oshin Kulei only places a doubt whether Yaradol of Mamish. And we need a proof from Kimir Shemayim to see and to learn that Hashem spoke from the Shemayim and not Yaradol of Mamish. So our Pesukim over here are emphasizing and expressing how Hashem came down to the mountain and it was revealed to everyone. And it was in a manner that the mountain actually became Kaddish. 
whereas the partial of Atem Rizim came in the Shemayim Dibarti Imachem, from after the Asaras Adibris, that comes to emphasize the opposite. It comes to emphasize how Hashem is high and distant from the earth. It's telling us, Kimina Shemayim Dibarti Imachem. And as a result, the Pasuk continues and tells us, Therefore, Loisasun Iti. Says Rashi, what does it mean, Loisasun Iti? Loisasun Dmushamashai Hamasham Shemilfonai Bamarim. Don't make images of the angels that serve before me in the heavens, because I'm really much, much, much higher than that. So it's emphasizing how everything the Yidin saw is not Hashem Himself. Hashem is much higher. Hashem is distant and removed. And now this answers our third question. Therefore, the first and main pirush in Pshutah Shemikra over there, in the parsha of Kimer Hashemayim Dibarati Yimachim, is that Kvayde Bashemayim and only Ishayu Gvarasay Alaretz. Hashem's covet is in the Shemayim, only His. His fire and His might is on the earth because this parish emphasizes the loftiness and distance of Hashem from the earth. His covet didn't descend on Har Sinai, but rather remained Bashamayim. Whereas the parish that here can Shamayim, that Hashem bent the heavens, it doesn't fit well with the emphasis of Kimir Shamayim Dibarti Yamacham, that it's all the way from the Shamayim. Here it's saying, no, here can Shamayim, so it's not uh, so far since the Shamayim came down to earth to Har Sinai. And the Rebbe points out in the Oral, it's not in the actual Sikha itself, that nevertheless the second parish is needed. Because according to the first parish, it's difficult. Number one, Vayir Hashem al Harsinai implies that also Kvaydi descended, Vayir Hashem, not just Isha Yugvirosai. And number two, to bring Kedusha to Harsinai, you want actual, actual Kedusha, you also need Kvaydi in Harsinai and not just Isha Yugvirosai. And we know that there was a Kedusha in Harsinai. And therefore, Rashi also needs the second parish. Now we're going to move on to answering part of questions number two and number four, which were the Diyukim and the two Rashis. So according to this, it's also understood why Rashi here says, Hirkin Shemaim Ha'olyeinim V'tachtainim. And over there Rashi says, Hirkin Shemaim Ushmea Shemaim. So the intention of Rashi here, like we said, is to explain the content of this parsha, which is the Yerid of Hashem on Har Sinai, just that it has to be in a manner that it doesn't contradict what it says, Kimina Shemaim. And also what it says, Var Sinai Oshin and not fire. And since it comes out of the Pesukim here that number one, Hashem himself, and number two, descended on Har Sinai, so we can't say over here that Hirkin was only one Shemayim, which would mean that between Hashem and Har Sinai there was only one Shemayim, because then it comes out that it's not the highest level, so to speak, of Hashem. It's not all of the heavens that came down, and the level of Hashem, which is above all of the heavens, was there. And therefore Rashi must add that Shemayim here refers to all of the Shemayim, both al Yenim Vitachtainim. Now, why does it say al So since it's talking about a Yerida over here, so therefore Rashi uses not the Lashon of the Pasuk of Shemayim Ushmea Shemayim, which these are words that appear in the Pasuk, but rather he uses a Lashon which fits with the idea of a Yerida, which is al Rashi is coming to tell us that the highest level, so to speak, of Hashem came down to the mountain. And he wants to say, all of the Shemayim is in between. We're bent down onto Har Sinai. So he uses a Lashon, a terminology that relates to a Yerida coming from a high place to a low place, which is all of the heavens, the higher ones and the lower ones. Whereas in the later Rashi, in the later Parsha, the Parsha of Kimina Shemayim Dibarti, so there Rashi comes to explain the emphasis of Kimina Shemayim. Just that it has to be in a manner that doesn't contradict what it says by us, Vayir Deshemal Har Sinai. So therefore, since there's the emphasis of Kimina Shemayim, and that's what Rashi is coming to explain. So therefore Rashi adds that even though Hirkin Shemayim diminishes the emphasis of Mina Shemayim, because it's Hirkin, he bent it down. So what's the big deal, so to speak, that it's Mina Shemayim, the Shemayim were all bent down. So therefore Rashi adds that even though Hirkin Shemayim diminishes the emphasis of Mina Shemayim, however, the Hirkin Shemayim also includes Shemea Shemayim, and Shemea Shemayim represents the idea of a very high level. So this increases the loftiness of the place, that even though it was all brought down, Tar Sinai, but Hashem spoke from above the 
Shemei HaShemayim, a very high place. It's just that it's the way that the Shemei HaShemayim are on Har Sinai. So that explains does the difference of why Rashi over here says why he adds the words Al Yenu and why he uses the word specifically Al Yenu and why over there Rashi says and adds the words number one Shemei HaShemayim and why does he choose Shemei HaShemayim and not Al Yenu Because over here the emphasis is on the Yerida and that fits with Al Yenu and over there the emphasis is the Min HaShemayim Dibarti, the loftiness and that fits with Shemei HaShemayim. Now we're going to continue to answering part of question number two, which were the Diyukim and the Rashi here, and the rest of question number four, which were the Diyukim and Rashi over there. So since it comes out from the Parsha here, that Vayera Hashem was in a manner that the Kedusha Sashchina was on Har Sinai, and to the extent that Vikidashte became holy, so therefore it's not enough that Hirkin Shemayim, that Hashem just bent to Shemayim, since that only relates that there was a general Vayera, so to speak, in space. However, not the manner of the Yerida, that Hashem descended on our Sinai in a way that it received the Gdusha. And therefore Rashi must add, that it was placed on Har Sinai, and even more so, that it was in a manner of Kematzah al Hamita. What does a matzah al Hamita mean? It's a bed sheet on a bed. The matzah, the bed sheet, isn't a separate significant entity on its own. A person's not going to say that they're lying on the bed sheet, they're lying on the bed. Rather, it's like part of the mito. So to here, the Shemayim didn't remain separate from Harsinai. Rather, they became the matzah, the bedsheet of Harsinai, and therefore it comes out that the Kedusha Sashchina was also on Harsinai itself, because there was nothing in between. What was in between? The Shemayim, but they were placed like a bedsheet on a bed, meaning they were completely bottled to the har. So that means they were bottled to the har, so if the Shechina came down onto them, it came onto the har, and so it brought the Kedusha Sashchina into the mountain itself. However, in the Pasuk of Kimina Shamayim, where the emphasis is how Hashem spoke Kimina Shamayim, not from the earth. So there Rashi can't say that the Pasuk is emphasizing Kematza Alamito, that the Shamayim are completely not there in a way. They lose their, they have no significant existence. Since that emphasizes the total opposite point, that the Shamayim was bottled to the earth, so Hashem is not speaking from the Shamayim. However, at the same time, Rashi does have to add Vihitzion. He doesn't just say Hirkin. Since the Hirkin Shemayim alone doesn't resolve the contradiction from our Pasuk of Vayera Dashem Harsinai, which includes in it that there was Kedusha and Harsinai itself. And therefore Rashi must say Vihitzion, meaning that the Shemayim didn't remain higher than Harsinai, but rather Hirkin, he bent them down, Vihitzion Allah, and he placed them on the mountain. So there is a Vayera Dashem Harsinai. And now we can also understand why Rashi adds the proof from the Pasuk of Eich Shemayim over there. So first of, all, first of all, we already understand that each one of the teachings of Rashi are bringing out a different point. So we can understand why Rashi has a proof over there and not here. And to get into the details of the proof, the proof in the Pasuk is that it's not emphasizing anything more than Vayet Shemayim, which as we said, the Targum explains both in Shmuel as well as in Rashi, the translation of Vayet means Hirkin. And that's also true for the Pasuk of Kimina Shemayim, that it's only Hirkin. The Pesukim are not talking about Kematz Alamito, where then it becomes Ois Shemayim, there's no longer Shemayim. The Shemayim become part of Harsina, which is the Mata. And then Hashem is right there on the Mata. That's not what the Pesukim are saying. And the Yitzian is just a continuation of a Hirkin, which is included in Vayet, that Hirkin he bent them, and to what extent? All the way down onto the mountain. He brought down the Shemayim all the way to Harsinai. However, not more than that. And even then, they remain Shemayim, they're not Ois Shemayim, they're not Kematz Alamito. And that's why the emphasis of what it says in the Pasuk, it fits because the Shemayim remains Shemayim. Now we're going to move on to answering the rest of question number two, which were the Diyukim in our Rashi here. And with that, we will have answered all of the questions. So according to this, the Rashi here is coming to explain the details and the manner of the Yerid of Hashem and Sinai. So it's also understood where Rashi says, V'yorad kise ha-kovad not V'yorad but rather V'yorad kise ha-kovad 
Because it says by Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim that Vavarti Be'eretz Mitzrayim, that Hashem Himself, went down in Mitzrayim, and V'yikezi kol b'char. And nevertheless, we don't find by Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim that there was Oshun like there was by Vayered Hashem Al Arsinai. And in order to explain the difference between Vayered Hashem Al Arsinai and the Vayered Latziloi Miyad Mitzrayim, that over here there was Oshun, over there there wasn't. So Rashi says, Vayared Kisei HaKavad Aleim. A Kisei indicates a state of being settled, permanence, greatness, especially if it's Kisei HaKavad, and Malucha. Meaning that by Matan Teirah, Hashem was settled and in a permanent way with his COVID and Malucha on Har Sinai. Therefore, Vayer, Hashem al Har Sinai, brought with it all the details that are related in our parsha, which we don't find by Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, by the Ve'erid Latzilei, Miyad Mitzrayim. You didn't have this inion of the Yorad Kisei HaKovid Aleim. From Yenishal Torah and the Remez and Said, the secrets and deeper parts of the Torah that are in Rashi, the difference between the two Psukim, and so also naturally the two teachings of Rashi, which, what is the difference? That here the emphasis is on the Yerida, just that it's in a manner of Hirkin Shemayim, that also the Shemayim descended. And later, in Kimina Shemayim Dibarti Mochem, the emphasis is Mina Shemayim Dibarti Mochem, higher than the earth, just that it's in a manner that they are in a state of Hirkin. So this difference is hinted to in that the Pasuk of Ayer Hashem Al-Harsinai is in Perik Yotes Pasuk Chof and the Pasuk of Kimina Shamayim is in Perik Chof Pasuk Yotes. What's the significance of this? It says in Sfarim that Yotes is the milui of Shema Vaya, of Shema. So in short, what this means is Shema Vaya Yudke Vavke is 26. One of the Shemas of Hashem is Ma, 45. How do you get from Yudke Vavke 26 to 45? And there's also other names that are the equivalent of other numbers. How do you get there? It's through the milui. What does milui mean? So for example, instead of saying yud is 10, we say yud is 20. Because how do you spell yud? Yud vav dalid. So besides for the yud, you have a vav and a dalid, which are another 10. So that's the idea of milui. So it comes out that if you want to get from 26 to shema, you have 19. So it says in Svarim that yud test 19 is the milui of shema vaya of shema. Now the idea of milui is the way the letter is said with dibur. When you say the letter, that's when you see that there's more to it which is the idea of Gilei Helem, which in Sphiris is the Sphira of Malchus. On the other hand, Chof is the Rosh Tevis of Keser, which Keser is Makif and higher than Ishtal Shalos. So we have over here Yutes being Malchus and Chof being Keser, one being Gilei Helem and one being entirely higher than Ishtal Shalos. Now since all Sphiris are Kulule Zubazu, they are included of one another, so therefore in Keser there is, Kes, there is also Malchus Shavei Keser. What does that mean? What's Malchus of the Keser? This means the way Keser, which is higher than the world, is in a state in motion of Gililamato. It's the Malchus part of Keser. So to in Malchus, there is Keser Shabba Malchus, meaning that Keser is revealed in Malchus, meaning in Almondis Galion. And so this then is the difference between the two Psukim. Perikutes Posuk Chof, which is our Posuk Vayer Deshamal Har Sinai, which what does it mean, Perikutes Posuk Chof? We're in Parak Yutes, and the Pasuk is a detail in this Parak. So that the Chaf is a detail in the Yutes, that signifies Keser Shabba Malchus. The main thing here is the Parak Yutes, Malchus. And the Chaf, the Keser, is a detail in it. So that's Keser Shabba Malchus. Therefore, the general idea of Parak Yutes, Malchus, is Yerida, which is because that's the idea of Malchus. Just a Rashi, the Yenishul Torah, reveals that what does this Yerida consist of? Hirkin Shamayim, the level of Keser Shabba Malchus. It's Pasuk Chaf, it's Keser Shabba Malchus. However, Parak Chaf, Pasuk Yutes, that Yutes is a detail in the Chof. The Parak is Chof. This is a Pasuk in this Parak. So the Yutes is a detail in the Chof that signifies Malchus Shabbat Keser. Yutes Malchus in the Keser. Therefore, the general idea of Parak Chof is Minash Shemayim, the way Hashem is removed from the world, the idea of Keser. And here too, Rashi, 
who is the Yenishal Torah, he reveals that it's not the way Kesser is for itself and in Helen, but rather it's Hirkin Shamayim, Hirkin, the level of Malchus of which is the Pasuk Yutes, which signifies the level of Malchus. So it's Malchus Shabbat In conclusion, this is also the deeper explanation for Arashi says on the Pasuk of Ayered that it was Kematzala Mito, and on the Pasuk of Kimir Shamayim, he doesn't mention it. Since Kesser Shabbat Malchus is a detail in Sfiris HaMalchus, whose Indian is Yerida Lamata, so therefore also in the Kesser, which is in it, there can be a Yerida and this Lapshus Lamata to the extent of Kematza Allah Mita, because that's the whole idea of Sfiris HaMalchus, and that's the Sphere that we're talking about. Whereas Malchus should be Kesser, this that Kesser shines down here Lamata, so since Kesser, in its essence, is an Ur which is higher than the Eilamais, so therefore also when it shines down here Lamata, it's not in a manner that it is mislabish in them, rather it remains in a state of Makif as expressed in the word Shomayim.